Welcome to the Atlanta Startup Podcast. I'm Austin Meacham, an associate for Valor Ventures and a co-host for today's Atlanta Startup Podcast. I'm joined by my co-host, Rihanna Barnett, also an associate for Valor Ventures. We are joined by an amazing entrepreneur in Candice Blacknell, co-founder and CEO of GABA Inc. Candice was part of our ninth cohort of Startup Runway as a finalist. She's an incredible person and we're really lucky to have her. Candice, thanks for being here today. Could you please share about what you do and why you do it? Yeah, absolutely. So in brief, GABA matches medical trainees to study tools. And it came about as a result of my co-founder, Chima Odenkamere's experience as, as medical students. Medical school hasn't changed very much in the last 20 years, but the requirements to pass national exams have gotten really, really tough. And so medical students typically use a lot of third-party study tools to help prepare them for their exams. But unfortunately, there are a ton of those. And so it's really hard to figure out which of them will be effective. And so GABA came out of wanting to leverage some of the work that Chima and I had done over the past three years, helping medical students navigate the system. And also some of the research and data that we had acquired over the the course of that time to help them pick study tools that will really be effective for their goals. That's really amazing you guys are doing that. I'm curious how many customers you guys currently have. So far, we have two beta testers, which is really exciting for GABA. It's only two months. We're only two months old. Uh, well, actually, Maybe. no, we're three months now. We're three months old now. Um, a little over 200 users on the prototype. And so the two beta testers came from those 200 users. And, uh, you know, in the next coming weeks, we'll be migrating everyone over to the new platform. So this is exciting. And hopefully have a lot more feedback. But so far, nothing but great rave reviews on what we're doing. So that's really motivating, especially for us having such a personal connection with the problem itself. Um, that's really awesome to hear. Uh, as yeah. I said before, you were a you were a finalist for Startup Runway's ninth cohort. I'm curious, what did Startup Runway do for you and why would you recommend it to some other founders? Yeah, I thought it was really, really helpful. The mock board in particular was a highlight experience. I have run board meetings before. Um, I sat on the board for a nonprofit here in Atlanta, but never on a board meeting for um, a company. And I found out really quickly it's not totally different. It's kind of the same language, maybe a little less formal, you know, with the Murphy's rules and all of that. But I thought that was super, super important. So I imagine for a founder who maybe hasn't sat on a board or maybe this is their first venture, that that would be hugely, hugely important um, in terms of like where they're going to go and what the expectations of them as a CEO, if that's, you know, what they're going to, how they're going to serve their company. That's incredible to hear you about your experiences with Startup Runway and some of the insights that you took from that. Um, I was wondering, was a virtual pitch event better or worse for you? I don't you know. Yeah, I don't necessarily have a ton of previous experience. So, uh, my first venture, I didn't have to go. I was self-funded. So going into the, the VC and pitching world is very new. And that's, I'm learning and growing that as I learn and, and grow with GABA. So all of my pitches so far have been virtual. I will say that I did quite a bit of pitching and kind of executive pitching as part of my MBA for case competition. And it does help to be in person so that you can get those questions right away and, and clarify anything that may have been missed or maybe expound on some messaging if necessary. So I would say comparing it to that, it's different. And um, But I think that the cool thing about it being virtual is you get such a diversity of talent, people from all over the world and from all different backgrounds that are able to attend 
Whereas if you have to have people come in, um, you know, physically be there, sometimes just traveling can be a barrier. Definitely. Um, I'm, curious, I'm curious in your uh, in your experience with our startup runway virtual pitch map. What exactly did VC share with you that uh, that sort of landed and really resonated with you? That's a really good question. Um, I don't know that I can I can think of one specific thing that was shared that was particularly resonant. Um, I think. Anytime you have an opportunity to sit with people that have more experience in a space that than you do, it's always enlightening. Um, I think just hearing kind of their journey to where they are and what they look for in companies was was really valuable. Sounds great. And then, um, what kind of customers are you looking for at this stage in um, developing GABA? Yeah. So we cater to medical students and pre-medical students. Um, as we scale, that'll then be nurses, physician assistants, residents, and fellows. So right now, we're really focusing at home with medical students and pre-medical students. So if any of those individuals are listening to this and or uh, university presidents, come our way, because you're the kind of people we want to talk to. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Candice, I'm curious, as a, uh, as a medical student yourself, what do you think are the specific pain points as far as studying for uh, for medical school are? Oh my gosh, just figuring out what works is terrible. Um, medical school is one of those really high pressure, high stakes environment um, environments where you you have to learn a lot of information in a very very short amount of time. And so if you have to also then figure out what do you need to learn that information. There, it just seems, seems like there isn't enough time in one day. Like medical students often joke that they're trying to find that 25th hour. And it really is like that. You, you're up early in the morning. You're going to bed very late. I know there were times when I get four and five hours of sleep and that was it. That was, that was for months and months on end. So between just figuring out what works and how to best tackle and manage the curriculum, there's also controlling the cost of all of that. So medical education has gotten super expensive and the support for funding medical education has not grown in, in direct proportion to the cost. And all of these study tools and these third party things that you buy, they really give yourself a competitive edge, come out of pocket. So, you know, I've, I've spent anywhere from two to $3,000 on study resources at that point, at this point. And that's not including the cost of my actual examinations, which are, you know, my step two was $2,000. Um, my, my step one, I think was close to a thousand, if not a thousand dollars. So all of this cost adds up and it, it factors into a huge, huge loan burden at the end of your four years of medical school. Wow, it's amazing to hear um, some of the particular pain points that, you know, medical students have been going through and then coming from, you know, a very unique background of having done this and much, much more. Um, it's great that you can personally connect to your customer base. Something that I'm interested in knowing more about is obviously we know that this is something you've been through, but during those tough times of building out your pro your product and, and selling it to people in multiple ways, what kind of drives you to keep going and pushing forward? I have the most phenomenal team. I, I, I really, one thing I took away from my first time being an entrepreneur is how important it is to build a team and build a community of support around you. 
And this time I really made that my priority. I, I, I mean, if, I, if there's anything that I spend more time on other than running the business is curating the culture of data. And my co-founder and I have worked together for five years at this point. And so at this point, <laughs> we kind of read each other's thoughts. I mean, you get to a point where you can kind of anticipate the other person's um, emotions. So I think having supportive people around you, both in your team that speak to what you're doing and remind you of why this is important if you ever get lost, but also having a very pers personal tie to the, the customers that you're intending to serve really does help. There are some long days. Like I, I tell people all the time, being a founder gets this very glamorous, glossy appeal for in the in the in pop culture, but it is a lot of work. Um, my days sometimes don't end until two a.m. But having a team that I know is right, working right along with me and knowing that we have the potential to have such a positive impact really does motivate me at the end of every day or the beginning of every morning, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> I'm curious, what are what are some pieces of advice you'd have for other founders as far as creating and curating that uh, support network you referenced? Yeah, be proactive. I, I think founders are, they we kind of get trained to be proactive about raising funds and building the product, but really be proactive also about the way you build the community that is around you and be, and think about what you really need and what you really value in a community. There are a lot of founder communities out there and there are a lot of organizations to be a part of. Naturally, you can't, I guess you could be a part of all of them, but you really shouldn't. You should really think about what, um, what are my weaknesses? What are my strengths? What is the community that I can contribute? And then what are the kinds of people that I'm going to need around me? Not just what can they do for me from a skill standpoint and, and as an advisor or mentor, but what kind of human traits are really going to help me go the distance because at the end of the day a person can be a brilliant um, former CFO and sit with you as an advisor in that capacity but maybe they're not the best at coaching and really speaking to the heart of what you're going through and that is going to be what makes or breaks you at the end of the day it's whether or not you have the internal fortitude to really push through definitely um, I'm, I'm, of the, I'm personally of the belief that Having a support network, as you said, is incredibly important. And a lot of that has to do with uh, finding the right mentors, as you mentioned. Are there yeah. any specific mentors that uh, that really helped you along your journey? Yes. So many. <laughs> so many. So many that I won't even list one because that would be insulting <laughs> to all of them. I don't want to leave anyone out. Uh, I've had I, I've had mentors in every area of my professional journey. And that they are the reason why I've been able to have such a diverse um, experience and why I've been able to accomplish as much as I have in such a short time in my career. Um, and I, I like to tell people that you have mentors for various things in your life. So don't be afraid to change, to grow, to disconnect, to reconnect. And if those mentors are really invested in who you are becoming and, and all of your potential, they'll understand. They'll support you when you change your mind, when you make mistakes, um, when you commit to a vision and a dream, and then you, you change that, that vision and dream. They'll be there, and they'll help you. If they're not the right person for you, they'll help you get to the, to the person that is. That's fascinating. Um, I yeah, guess, I'd in, love to hear that. In, in terms of, of mentoring your, your own team and sort of facilitating your own guidance for, for the people in your charge, what, what is sort of your favorite piece of advice to, uh, to give to different people? 
to get to different different people on the team? On the team. Gosh, that makes me wish I had asked somebody this morning during our team meeting. Uh, <laughs> um, I, 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 I emphasize that we are a human company first. So I always tell my team, hey, if you can't bring your best self because there's something going on, definitely let us know because we're here to support one another. But don't, but also prioritize who you are. Like, don't feel like you being human and having having things go wrong, especially right now in a pandemic, we've had members of our team lose their jobs and members of our team have very serious things change their life status. Um, so I, I try to encourage my team not just to be good teammates or good employees, but also to be healthy people. And I like to tell them, hey, if there's something going on, you know, take care of yourself, prioritize your wellness, because at the end of the day, you can't bring your best self to GABA if you haven't done that. Yeah, I think that's something that we can all really take in at this time and that we can all relate to with everything yeah. that's going on. And I think even to build upon that, I would love to hear, you know, um, right now or just at any part of the journey so far of building out GABA and being a founder, what has been some of your favorite parts that you've really enjoyed about this process? Yeah, probably all the amazing stories that I've heard from other founders. Um, I, I'm blown away by the things that people are coming up with and creating solutions for. That that has been that has been really really inspirational. But I've really enjoyed hearing and even sharing some setbacks and some some failures, some challenges along the way. It makes you feel like you're not alone. And I think there's a lot to be gained from a community of setbacks, even even as you build your community where you can celebrate your wins. Does that answer your question? I feel like it doesn't really answer your question. Yes, it did. We <laughs> no, I mean, obviously, we all have unique perspectives, but uh, I mean, I love to hear that as an aspiring, aspiring founder later on in my journey. You know, I'd love to hear just yeah. how um, it really is a community, and I think a lot of people would enjoy hearing that insight that this is all, you know, a group of people coming together to empower one another and solve problems. So that's amazing yeah. to hear. Um, this has just been a great time to speak with you today and hear more about, you know, where you're at currently with GABA and, and the things that you're building and you're doing. And I know um, here at Baylor, we're super proud having had the opportunity to, you know, have you as part of our Startup Runway 9 cohort. This has been a great time. I know um, we hope to hear from you soon and hear about the wonderful things that you're bringing about and doing with your organization in the near future here. Absolutely. Thank y'all so much for having me. It's been, it's been a pleasure. This podcast is produced by Valor Ventures as a service to the startup and investor community. We couldn't do it without the support of our sponsors, Atlanta Tech Park, the Global Accelerator, and Right to Market, Atlanta's favorite tech and healthcare PR marketing firm. Please patronize these great companies with your business and check them out online. If you'd like to get your message on the Atlanta Startup Podcast, visit us at atlantastartuppodcast.com and look at our affordable rate card. All paid advertisements are tax deductible to the Startup Runway Nonprofit Foundation, a 501c3 whose mission is connecting underrepresented founders with their first investor.